This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You might assume we're both good at presenting to a live audience because of this podcast. But at the end of the day, when we record, it really feels like we're just talking to one another. Presenting information in person in a formal setting to a large audience is something that still makes us really nervous. To prepare for a live speaking event we're hosting together, we turn to our masterclass subscription to not only refine our presentation skills, but to build our confidence in a different kind of public speaking capacity. Between Robin Roberts, Hillary Clinton, and Kevin Hart's expertise, our confidence skyrocketed. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Don't just talk about improving. Masterclass helps you actually do it. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master negotiate with Chris Voss, think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or plan your dream wedding with celebrity event planner Mindy Wise, Masterclass has you covered. There are over 200 classes to pick from, with new classes added every month, like our latest aha moments from Robin Roberts' effective and authentic communication class that we watched before our event presentation. She taught us how to establish a genuine connection with the audience from the start. I'll always be a little nervous before presenting, but Masterclass prepared us in a way that dialed my nerves down and gave me tools to ground myself. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Get 50% off right now at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists and owners of the therapy group. We're on a mission to make therapy and therapeutic topics more relatable and accessible. So stay tuned, because in order to grow yourself, you gotta know yourself. are so excited to welcome today's guest, Dr. Jennifer Wolken. Dr. Jen is a licensed clinical neuropsychologist, speaker, mental health advocate, and author. She also has an incredible Instagram account <laughs> and you need to follow her. That's how we found her. <laughs> her book, Quick Calm, debuts on April 1st, and we are going to talk all about it today. Welcome. Thank you so much. It is truly an honor. I've been an admirer of your work for a long time now. <laughs> Thank you. That's like the cool thing about the internet though, right? Like I oh, just, yes. it is, you know, to find other amazing, cool therapists doing great work. And I was saying like a little bit earlier before we started recording is that mindfulness is such a buzzword right now. And I think that it's been complicated and I love that this is quick and easy because your book really is to break it down step-by-step. Step. This is truly an amazing intro. If you're someone who's thought about mindfulness, thought about present moment awareness, you have to buy Crickcom. So, so please tell us a little bit about your um, background. Yeah, no, first of all, thanks for saying that because, and I'm sure we'll, may, I mean, maybe we'll dive into this a little bit later, but it's not the book I thought I would write. And also it's the book that I feel blessed to have written. When I sent my first, very first draft in, I literally sent this like 
huge compilation of like science and jargony terms. And I knew that they would edit it. I just needed to do it. And, you know, we can talk about why I had that need. I know you did, you did a self-compassion podcast last week, which was excellent, by the way. And they got back to me and they're like, this is lovely. You have like a hundred and something citations and also you need to edit it. So thanks for saying Thank you for saying that. It's practical. Oh, hard work. <laughs> it's actionable. And I, I'd like to think it still reads like, you know, in a way that people can, can learn something that they didn't know before. Mm -hmm. So my background is I'm a health psychologist. So the intersection of medical and mental health and the understanding of how biological, psychological, and sociological factors come together. And also then I did a two-year fellowship in neuropsychology, and that's the study really of, the, of, of cognitive functioning. So I would often assess patients to see how their memory was functioning and their language abilities and executive functions. And it was an extraordinary experience. It was also deeply exhausting and difficult. And that's where I really jumped into mindfulness practice, my own practice. I had studied it beforehand, especially on my internship, but this is where I dived in. I dove in. How do you say that? I don't know. <laughs> you know, does it matter? are not great. We're not. I don't think sure. it matters, right? It doesn't matter. <laughs> you can make up your own words. Yeah. Let's just make up our own words. Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> and yeah, that's where it became a, a practice for me. And I've been practicing ever since. Wow. That's amazing. And so, oh yeah. So I want to hear a little bit about like, I think it's very hard sometimes for therapists to, to break it down. So what, and you did this in a great way. Cause we love to talk, right? So, you know, sometimes we can overcomplicate things, just, you know, not talking personally at all or at all about the profession, but so tell us like what ultimately led to QuickCom. Yeah, so I think it was at first my need to have all of the practices that I've been practicing and I've acquired in one place. <laughs> so it came from this sense of like maybe conscientiousness. I'm like skipping over the word neuroses. Notice how I'm using conscientiousness. I'm using conscientiousness instead of neuroses, of course. And then I realized, wow, maybe this can be of service. Maybe I can put this out into the world in a way in which it can be helpful for people and to really sort of make practice actionable and also just really give and like really translate and share the science of mindfulness because no matter how much we say we're going to practice, I always think we need a why. We can say it from here until tomorrow. I'm going to practice. If we really don't have a solid why, I don't know if it's really that compelling. And to me, I don't know about you, but you know, hearing things like it changes the brain, like really does and can, that's pretty compelling to me. That's and so good. I really wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to you know, get that information across. And then also what was important to me, and now I'm the one talking so much, <laughs> what was so important to me was to really make practice doable insofar as like no excuses, right? Mm. So I, 
I had this concept of what if we practice five minutes a day every day instead of one hour once a week, right? Five minutes is greater than zero minutes. And I know already that the brain thrives on consistency and repetition. And what if we cued our brains every single day for just five minutes? And if we don't think we have five minutes, look at your scrolling history. <laughs> and that's not, that's not to shame. That's not to judge. That's not to blame. I mean, hello, I'm a card, card carrying scroller. Who's not? <laughs> and also it's just, eye-opening to become aware that we really do have five minutes yeah which I, I think it's so nice to put it into those that like small those small yeah. practices because it feels less overwhelming for people right where mm. you know if there's this expectation of okay well you have to do 20 minutes a day it's so much easier to be like mm, I'm not gonna do that right like I'm gonna focus <laughs> on other things and also the fact that you're giving such actionable measures, I think is really, really incredible for people because we know that the insight is really helpful, right? Like it's helpful to have that insight into ourselves, into what's helpful, but to actually have the action behind it and what we can do, um, I think just, just helps people on, on another level. And so well, it just seems also more accessible, (laughs) right? Cause like you hear so often of like people say like, I want to take up a meditation practice or I want to take up this practice. And then there's also people that are charging thousands of dollars to teach people (laughs) these skills, right? That is actually not very realistic and manageable for most of us to have the time, to have the finances, to have the bandwidth to do that. So to say to someone instead here, I can teach you to do this at home in a reasonable way. And there's also, I think sometimes a security and a safety in that for a lot of people to explore that at home, as opposed to like, you know, it's just, I mean, you have to go to a class and do it with other people. Or you can go to therapy. Some people don't have access to therapy. It's important for us to remember that. Right. And that's an unfortunate truth that not actually most people don't. I mean, we're, we're, we're lucky in that sense. We're blessed, but I think it's really important to acknowledge that most people don't, we're trying to advocate and, you know, create that space most people don't. So I'm sorry to cut you off. And also just want to no, say, please do, please. I just want to say, I'm grateful that you brought that up. Because mm-hmm. it's true. I mean, and I think things like this, like doing podcasts, you know, writing books, like that, that there are so many ways to learn about this, learn about mindfulness and teach yourself um, where it doesn't necessarily mean you have to go to therapy or go to a group. And you had mentioned how mindfulness changes the brain or affects the brain. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I really think that's fascinating. (laughs) Sure. Do you want me to define mindfulness first? Please. Let's, I'd like to start with that. I like to start with a definition and it's not mine. It's just the one that I use and it's by the- Teach us everything. We're sitting back now. Yeah, we're sitting back. Talking. No, no, you teach me so much. I'm just so glad to be here. (laughs) We're sitting back in our seats. We're here. I'm taking notes, baby. Let's do this. Oh my God, you too. I love you both so much. Anyone else feeling like the mental load of making dinner, the planning, the shopping, the prep, figuring out the timing? It's a little heavy to carry, huh? Same. That's why I am so grateful for Hungry Root. The food quality, simple recipes, true tastiness, and delivery right to my door is truly a game changer. When getting started, you take a fun, short quiz and Hungry Root will get to know you, what you like to eat, and more. 
Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to use. So you can sit back, relax, and offload the many steps of meal planning. Each order is fully customizable, so you can take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, healthy snacks, smoothies, sweets, ready meals, kids' snacks and meals, vitamins, supplements, much more. My favorite item from my latest box was the honey citrus chopped salad, lemon pepper chicken, and the four cheese tortellini. You gotta try it for yourself. Everything from Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's gotta taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole trusted ingredients. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash Shrink Chicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash Shrink Chicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. Did you know that billions of plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles end up in landfills every year? I used to contribute to that waste, constantly buying single-use plastic cleaning products without giving it much thought. But then I discovered Blue Land, and it has been a game changer. Blue Land has helped me eliminate the need for single-use plastic and the products I reach for the most. They are reinventing cleaning essentials. Their approach is simple yet revolutionary. Refillable cleaning products with a sleek design that not only looks great on your counter, but also reduces plastic waste significantly. What I love most is the convenience. With Blueland, I never worry about running out of cleaning supplies or lugging bulky bottles from the store. From hand soap to toilet bowl cleaner to laundry tablets that each smell incredible, all Blueland products are made with clean ingredients you can feel good about. I was blown away when I received my first Blueland order. I immediately filled the bottles with water and their tablets, which was so easy to try everything out. And the ingredients are clean, the scents are refreshing, and the packaging is just so cute. Blueland is trusted in over 1 million homes, including mine. If you're ready to make a positive change for the planet without sacrificing cleanliness or convenience, Blueland has you covered. Blueland has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash shrinkchicks. You won't want to miss this. Blueland.com slash shrinkchicks for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash shrinkchicks to get 15% off. Um, I feel like I know you forever. I... The definition that I use most in my practice is the one by John Kabat-Zinn. And he's the one who, you know, um, stripped mindfulness of its religious underpinnings or, yeah, or like Buddhist underpinnings, though. We'll go back to, we'll step back. John Kabat-Zinn, he's the one who stripped, um, he's the one who stripped mindfulness of its religious underpinnings and brought it to the West as a psychological intervention. And he defined mindfulness as a state of greater awareness cultivated by paying attention on purpose in the present moment and non-judgmentally. So on purpose, meaning as opposed to on autopilot mode, in the present moment, as opposed to either in the past filled with regret or in the future filled with catastrophe, and then non-judgmentally sitting back as witnesses, non-judgmental, compassionate witnesses to our own experience. And I can dive in more later and go through each one. That's basically the definition I use. And it's, I think, rooted in the um, science of why it's beneficial. So getting to rewiring the brain. The reason I say rewiring, a lot of people ask me, I always, I have this like 
slogan or I'm, I don't know if it's mine, but I use it. I, I like to say that mindfulness helps us rewire for wellness and why rewire and not wire. Well, I guess <clears throat> because when our brain is dysregulated and let's be real, most of ours, most of us has, have had an experience, whether it's a trauma experience or chronic stress where our brains have been through a lot. I mean, just even take this past year. And so what happens is that those things impact our brain structure and functioning. So the amygdala uh, increases in size from chronic stress and trauma experience. The prefrontal cortex and the amygdala stop talking or don't talk as much, right? And so here's the thing, mindfulness can help us rewire. And that's, that's, <laughs> mindfulness can help us rewire. And that's attributed to the concept of neuroplasticity. And neuroplasticity is the understanding that our brain is malle malleable. Um, we tend to think of this concept in rose-colored glasses through, we tend to think of this concept through rose-colored glasses, right? Our brain is malleable. Wow, that's great. We can just do all the things and it change it and it's great. And we think of change in this positive sense. But like I just said, neuroplasticity also applies to trauma and chronic stress. So that also changes the brain. So when our brain changes in response to those, we need to use something, a practice to rewire for wellness. And there have been so many studies now about mindfulness, mindfulness's impact <laughs> on, <laughs> on, on the brain. And for one thing, it, I mean, do you want me to get specific here? Please. Yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> Let me geek out on the brain. So what happens is <laughs> the um, the um, our amygdala shrinks, our hippocampus grows, our prefrontal cortex grows, and the connection between the amygdala and our prefrontal cortex is strengthened. So just let me back up. So the prefrontal cortex is literally the part of our brain that almost like sits behind our eyes. And that's the part that's important for planning and higher order processes like thinking and judgment. And <clears throat> you can imagine when that goes offline and we have a big amygdala that's sort of like, you can imagine like sending out this siren signal, like woo, woo, something, something's up, there's a threat we're gonna be in perpetual panic. We're gonna be in a perpetual state of dysregulation. And that's true, by the way, even if there is no actual threat. So sometimes our brain is dysregulated to the point where even no threat is seen as a threat. And so that's where we get the idea of hypervigilance. We're hypervigilant because our amygdala is larger and the connection between the frontal lobe and the amygdala is sort of severed again, or it's just weakened 
And that part of our brain that is responsible for judgment, planning, working memory is offline. And so what happens with consistent mindfulness practice is that that connection is strengthened and the amygdala shrinks. So it's not as apt to sort of go off like a siren. It's not as apt to go off like a siren. It's not as susceptible to perceiving threat in the environment when there actually is none. It's important for you to know that very soon you'll be receiving a note of Jen confessing her love to you. <laughs> I love Jen, talking about the bride. Just Jen like is I'm getting off. off. I am. I really am. I just love hearing about so cool. the brain connection because yeah. also I think what's important too is like we talk a lot about and just there's a lot of talk about neuroplasticity in like children, right? Because their brain mm. is developing. Mm-hmm. And I think that the fact that we can talk about neuroplasticity in adults and how you can make those changes even as an adult, because I think that clients will believe that, okay, like I had this trauma happened to me when I was younger. And so my brain is wired in this very specific way, which means it's stuck like that. And so the fact that you are pointing to the fact that our brains are so malleable in adulthood is I think just such an important thing to mention. I love that. I love that you said it. For for me, it's honestly one of the most empowering things. I mean, I don't know how one could have lived with my ruminating tendencies. I don't know how one could have lived back way back when, when the idea was that the brain was fixed, that the brain Mm -hmm. that you're born with is the brain that you live with your entire life. And, and there's no chance for change. I mean, I mean, talk about learned helplessness. Right. right. It's like, why would anyone try to change anything, do anything, even go to therapy, make any sort of changes at all. And so that's why I think like that is so such an essential point that you can make those changes in adulthood. And again, I think it's important to mention that it does take consistency, right? It doesn't happen overnight, just like you go to the gym and you lift weights and it doesn't, you don't get stronger overnight, but you do. And of course it's harder to see because we can't see our neurons, you know, and the the new connections they're making. And we can't see our amygdala actually become, you know, smaller. However, it is, or at least not yet. And I guess you can, if you're put into a functional MRI or an MRI, (laughs) that's not happening for the lay person, right? Um, You know, every day. So it's harder to see, and I think less tangible, which is why I think that it's harder for people to rationalize practice. You will start to feel it though. I want to go back to what you said, Jen, about, um, children and neuroplasticity. I, that is a topic I adore. I, yes, I believe in all the things, early intervention. I am a huge advocate for that. I do want to say, however, though, even though as adults, (laughs) we still can evoke the concept of neuroplasticity to rewire for wellness, it's not going to be as easy, right? Of let's course, get, of let's get real. So, I mean, I'm <laughs> literally like a foreign language. <laughs> no, like I was literally was going to say that. <laughs> it's true, right? It's definitely harder. 
Yeah. So I was going to say mindfulness for kids, in my humble opinion, is where it's at. And can you imagine our generation if, if we learned mindfulness? I can't. I really I can't. can't I can't. <laughs> so if I we have the- any of the tactics that like we know now right. as a therapist, as a child, I would be a completely different human. Things being. would be so different. Yeah. <laughs> I would just be in a lot less therapy, probably. Yeah. Same. <laughs> but it's it's so mm. true like this was not a conversation the fact that now like mindfulness in schools there's mindfulness summer camps like this like i never heard of the word mindfulness no it was it's not i was thing. like 22 yeah. i think and i feel like yes it's still <clears throat> just a buzzword in some ways and also okay i i'm okay with that right yeah at least it's a word at least people yeah, are saying exactly. that and right as long as it's out there i mean yes get your definition you know a little bit straight and understand a little bit the scientific underpinnings and how it can benefit and also as long as we're saying it so it's like both and and you know everything in moderation kind of thing (laughs) yes I am thrilled that the weather is finally warming up here in Philly. I went to switch out my closet the other day from my fall winter wear to my spring summer wear and noticed that I very much needed a refresh. So thank goodness for Quince that allows me to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I refresh my closet with the high-waisted linen shorts that come in multiple colors and patterns, the comfiest cotton tees, and my latest favorite, the smocked mini dress. And don't miss out on their accessories. Quince has the coolest sunglasses and 14 karat gold jewelry to complete any look. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, making me feel even better about my purchases. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash shrinkchicks. A really fun fact about me that you might not know is that if I let my hair dry natural, it is a frizzball mess, which is one of the many reasons I absolutely love pros. I truly never thought that I would be able to embrace my natural hair texture. Ever since I switched to a custom hair routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Less frizzy hair, yes, but beyond that too. My hair is shinier, healthier, and so much more manageable. Filming the podcast every week makes checking out my hair unavoidable, and I have felt so much more confident on camera thanks to pros. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do. The custom shampoo and conditioner combo, plus the hydrating leave-in conditioner and hair oil keeps the frizz at bay. It also makes for the smoothest blowout. People keep asking me if I got my hair 
cut or went to the salon, which is, of course, the highest compliment. Pros isn't just better for you, it's better for the planet. They're certified B Corp cruelty free and the first and only carbon neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. I use this feature when I moved to my temporary house in New Jersey, back to my house house post construction project in Pennsylvania. Environmental factors like water source is something that pros takes into consideration with their customization. So it was very cool that I had the ability to update my location. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin, and they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. So you get a free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. That's P-R-O-S-E.com slash shrinkchicks. Okay. So you, so you have, so the book is this amazing thing. So you really talk about if there's three easy to consume mindfulness techniques right? So you talk a little bit about formal practice, informal practice. So I have to ask you before we go into this a little bit more, what, which one's your favorite? You know, <laughs> I've been, I've been asked that a lot lately and you know, I really have to, I I'm, you know, of course I'm like self-critical and like, I have to think of the best answer and what sounds smartest. And then I always fall, right. Am I getting, I'm, I'm just being real here, ladies. No, I know you too. You're so real. So I just wanted to bring it. Yeah. So listen, it's so but, true. In this field, it feels like you have to say the right one yes, and yeah. the most informed one. And it's like, actually, sometimes the one that I like the best is just like the easy one. Right. Literally. I always this really always ends up saying mindful coffee drinking, <laughs> which we're doing right now, now. right now together. Oh, cheers. Cheers. Cheers, <laughs> but so what if, what if, sorry to interrupt, what if we like noticed it in our hand, the coffee Ooh. cup, right? We're what doing we it by the way. Everyone do it with us listening. Yes. Oh, what if we like noticed how it felt, you know, is there a certain weight? Is there a certain mm. heaviness? Then could we look at it? What color? Oh, yours are yours are lighter than mine. Just say uh, mine's mine's like a drop of coffee mostly. Ask some coffee. I'm like basically just drinking cream in the morning. <laughs> and then what Michael Scott on the office. Um, I was thinking mine needs more, but yeah, like it's funny to look like mine is a lot more. Yours foam. is just foam. Mine's just foam here, at this point. But here's the thing: let's look and not judge, right? I okay, know. Sorry, I was yeah, like, I I, no, no, I was the one who yes, did. No, it. no. I was like, but like, let's look and notice without judgment, even though I'm, I am secretly judging you for drinking milk and not <laughs> coffee. I understand. Go, let's just go with the fact that we're looking, we're not judging. Look at that color. You know, do you know anything else that looks like that color? And then see if you can, you know, bring it up to your nose. Does it smell? Can not you smell the coffee? What does it smell like? like? Well, it's funny because my first reaction to looking at mine, like I said, has a lot of foam. I feel like mine looks like an English muffin. It has a lot of nooks and crannies. I love that. So mine looks a little bit like a toasted English muffin. And that gave me a lot of comfort to think about. That's so nice. And I don't think I've ever looked at the foam of my latte before. Yeah, so there you go. How fun. You looked at it. And then, right, we're going to bring it to our mouth and just take a nice taste. Mm, cream you can savor that <laughs> you're so cute see if you can savor that right like what does it taste like and can I notice 
Mm. Can I just let it linger for a moment? Is yours even coming? (laughs) (laughs) And then just notice how it feels going down and repeat. (laughs) I don't think I realize my, it's very cold. Yes, mine too. We're we're all drinking iced coffee. Oh, wait, are you? No. Yours is how cold it was until just now and i'm like this is so cold like i can't believe i'm still drinking this right what's amazing is that you're in greater awareness of it now yes i mean what an easy thing to literally do to just start your day and what was happening while we were doing that we weren't in the past regretting or ruminating over Mm -hmm. things we could have should have would have and we weren't trying to control our futures or worry about it. We were literally with our cups of coffee. That's it. I, I love that. And I think that one, at least for me, and I don't know how you guys feel, but like one of the challenging times for me to be um, mindful or present is when I'm doing a task that I'm like not enjoying, mm. or I guess I'm just expecting to not enjoy. And so I want to get it done so quickly. So, mm-hmm. and, and so while I'm doing it, I'm thinking about what I'm going to do after. Yep. And so like washing the dishes and we had talked about this maybe yes. a few days ago where I'm like, oh God, I just want to get this done. I'm like doing it as fast as possible. Um, as opposed to being mindful in those moments to mm-hmm. say, okay, what does this feel like for me? What kind of food am I washing off the plate? So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I actually have mindful dishwashing practice in the book. Yes, yes. See, that one, I like, my harder one is laundry. I I Mm. do not want to fold laundry. I do do it while watching TV. So I'm not mindful of what I'm doing. And I I don't do mindful laundry folding. I'm on totally in a show. But dishwashing, yes, yeah. Right, dishwashing, yes. And also, I we could adopt it. If we wanted to, we could adopt it as a practice, mm-hmm. right? Just take all the tenants that we've learned and apply it to our laundry folding. Well, and it's funny things I always think about. I always say, um, one of the things we always say about, like, with kids is just add water. So if your kid's having a tough day, have you heard this, like, saying before? Like, just add water. So, like, um, right, like, if they're having a bad day, give them a bath or play with outside the sprinkler or something. And, like, I was just thinking about that in terms of, like, I like the sensation of water. I, yeah. I think that that is very helpful. And so for me, the idea of like touching water and, and being in tune while dishwashing, that I can really vibe with. Mm. Oh, I love that. Will you try the practice and report back? Yes. Yes. We can I, do. I think we're going to have to film it and we have to put it on. Oh, that's story. a great oh, idea. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's Why don't, don't we all do a, okay, a that's, that's what we're dishwashing do. video <gasps> and we'll see, what, we'll see what, what's up. What comes up. I love if we could really do it. <laughs> but again, it's not about right or wrong. That's the whole point of this. It's not about right or wrong. It's literally showing up. And the best thing about the work, and I really try to emphasize this in the book, is you can always start over. Literally, if you notice your mind wandering, gently and compassionately bring it back to that present moment experience of that dish, what it looks like, what the water feels like, etc., or whether we're using our breath, literally, if there, our mind wanders, bring our attention gently back to the present moment, neutral sensation of the inhale and the exhale. And that's the beauty because consistency is key and so is compassion. We can start mm-hmm. over anytime, right? We can 
do practice, we can practice and engage in practice for 10 straight days and then forget 10 and then literally start all over. And it's my belief that our healing is not lost. No healing is ever lost. Anything that we do for our wellness matters and accumulates towards our greater well-being. I, I think that that piece of not being judgmental yeah. towards yourself is just, just in any practice, you know, I think is, is so important to recognize, right? Because we're human, right? If we're practicing something, we're going to forget, it's going to, you know, there might be times where we're too busy. Um, and when you start to be hard on yourself, and once again, we had a whole episode on self-compassion right before this, um, and, 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 you know, it feels like, oh, all is lost then, right? If I didn't practice it today, that means all is lost. Mm -hmm. So I love that you said that. Like, I think it's so essential. I have a question about something that I think people struggle with more recently is, you know, because, because of the pandemic, everything has moved to Zoom. People are doing a lot of meetings on their computers. Um, and so I'm wondering what you would recommend in terms of mindfulness if people are just on Zoom meetings mm. all day, because I, it just automatically takes you out of the present moment. Um, whereas if you're in a meeting in person, like you can, you can kind of be more present with yourself. Um, so I'm wondering what would you recommend for someone who is maybe having burnout from being on zoom all the time? I'll tell you what I do. <laughs> Please. So this is the personal, right? Personal and this is personal and professional. I love it. <laughs> I always blend together too. <laughs> so even while I'm seeing clients and you can imagine I'm on, I am on Zoom all day also. And sometimes what I'll do is I'll literally ground my feet into the floor and just feel my feet in the floor as a mindfulness practice to get myself back in the present moment. Mm -hmm. And I'll also, there's a way to do diaphragmatic breathing that is sort of subtle, right? I'll breathe and it won't have to be this thing where my clients are, are you okay? Um, I'll literally just take a few breaths and just come back to myself, come back to the present, come back to my client. And those are a lot of the strategies that I give. I also really believe in boundaries. So of course, if you're in a meeting, you're not going to, or, and, and, or especially right with a client, you're not going to just say, Hey, one minute, one second, especially when, <laughs> can you imagine? Oh my God. Um, imagine when they're saying something right. Um, that's leading to insight. However, what I would suggest for anyone is in between meetings, in between clients, whatever clients mean for you, take a moment for yourself, whether that's stretching, whether that's unclenching your shoulders away from your ears, letting your jaw hang, letting your um, fists uncurl into, into all your fingers, whether that's mindfully sipping some more coffee, whatever it is, take moments for yourself. Don't just go from Zoom to Zoom to Zoom. I was think that, 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 does that resonate? That resonates so much. As you were telling me, I was like unclenching my, my, <laughs> my <laughs> a little bit like a personal attack. 
but a very reasonable person. Reasonable person. Because I was, but as you were talking about Remember, compassion, compassion. Yes. But it's funny because like, as you're talking about it, like we, we like have this jute rug, I think it's called, you know, one of these super shedders, whatever the fuck you call it. Super shedders. And I was grounding my feet in it. And I was like, this is kind of lovely. Do you have all of the pieces of it the rug on your feet a now. bit it feels a bit exfoliating but I have literally <laughs> never put my toes into this rug should I and take it, my shoes off yes, you, should you just did that that really oh I love that it you was just, very nice you just practiced right like this is amazing so okay so now we have to do for everyone listening if you're in the car maybe oh, you can be yeah. aware of where your hands are on the wheels or maybe if you're walking around the house, you can see how your feet feel on the floor. Like as you listen to this, what would it be like for you to increase your mindfulness? Okay, so um, one, I'm obsessed with you. Two, obsessed. Obsessed. Okay, can you just follow us around and tell us? It's mutual. <laughs> your voice is also giving like it's soothing, soothing. and like it's so loving and kind. I want you in my head all the time. So I am wondering, let's, could we leave people with something? Can we do one of these meditations? Will you take us through? Yes. I mean, Fear I don't choice, want to, baby. If they're, the, if they're in the car, I don't want them doing this. Okay. You can't do it in the car. But <laughs> if you're in the car, don't do this. <laughs> if you're parked, do this. And okay. if you're anywhere else, do this. And then you can come back and listen to it after your drive. Deal. Love it. Yes. So you want um would you like a breath yeah exercise breath anything okay. <laughs> give it to me we're ready we're hungry we're ready. gonna That's do it too <laughs> okay we're gonna sit up straight but not too straight that our backs are like a board right we're gonna unclench take the time to just notice notice our you know buttocks in the chair or on the couch touching the cushion and then if it feels safe, and only if it feels safe, go ahead and close your eyes. And I'm gonna do that as well. And then see if you can inhale through the nose with your mouth closed, filling your diaphragm like it's a balloon. And then on the exhale, let your diaphragm go back to your spine and I'll explain. So inhale and I'll guide rather. So inhale through the nose. Hold and exhale through pursed lips. Letting that diaphragm deflate like it's a balloon deflating. And then take a pause. We don't wanna just right away jump to the next breath because the point of this is that we're moving our breath in a way that's more essential to elicit our rest and digest response. So we wanna get away from that shallow chest breathing and really breathe into our diaphragm. So we're gonna inhale again through the nose, mouth closed, inhale. Hold and exhale. And pause. And see if you can just for the next few, find your own rhythm of inhale, hold, exhale, pause. Just do a few. There's no right or wrong way. Your, your, your mind is gonna wander. We are human, our minds wander. Just notice where the mind goes, whether it's to your to-do list, 
your hunger pains, that thing you said yesterday. And then gently bring your attention right back to that breath, that inhale and that exhale. Just a few more moments. And even if you have to do that a hundred times, bring your breath, bring your attention back to the breath. Even if you notice a hundred times that your mind's wandering and you have to bring it back to the breath, that's okay. You're still practicing, you're still showing up. And let's take another one together. Inhale. Hold, exhale through pursed lips. Pause. And then what I like to do now, and it's a little woo, I get it, as I like to put my hand on my heart center, just offer my, myself some gratitude for taking the time I'll feel my genness, my meanness. So I want you to feel your you-ness, your heart beating. Sometimes I'll say, it's okay, sweetheart. And then let's take one more breath together. And then this time on the exhale, we're gonna let out an exhale sigh. So inhale, hold, exhale sigh. I know it's awkward sometimes, especially if the first time you're doing it, and then pause. And slowly open your eyes. Slowly open your eyes and come back to center. It's like going on a tropical vacation. How do you I feel? was getting tired there. No matter, right, no, that's that, right. Sometimes you can get tired. And again, it, it, the way you feel after really doesn't matter, right? I mean, there is the chance for quick calm and also practicing really just sort of sets up our relationship for a lifelong practice. Mm -hmm. And while we're doing it, we're cultivating, you know, compassion for ourselves because when our minds wander, we're learning to non-judgmentally notice where it goes and then just gently bring it back to the breath or to the dishes, whatever we're, we're practicing. Oh, wow. I am so relaxed. I'm feeling good. <laughs> I'm feeling Dr. Jen. <laughs> How we love you. Let's hang Thank out. Thank you so much. Um, yes, where where can people find you? Thank you. They could find me on Instagram at, at Dr. Jen Psych underscore. And I'd be very humbled if people found the book and that it was of service. Please contact me if you do. I'm happy to journey with you. You can find it um, on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Target, Bookshop, you name it. If you want all of those in one place, you can go to my website, quickcombook.com. And all of this will be linked on our social media for anyone. Dr. Jen, thank you for being here thank today. Thank you so much. I'm feeling great. What a wonderful morning to spend with you. Thank you. Check out QuickCom. You have to get it. Thanks for being here. Today. Thanks so much. Thank you. So nice to meet you.
Welcome to Raw Beauty Talks. I'm your host, Erin Trelore. Ready to peer behind the highlight reel and all those polished pictures of the world's biggest influencers and wellness experts, we're gonna uncover what beauty, health, and wellness truly means in today's world. Warning though, there will be no surface level conversations here. As someone who really struggled with disordered eating and negative body image after trying to check all those be healthy boxes, I became a health coach because I'm passionate about redefining health and wellness so that it's less about the weight on the scale and more about how we feel. I truly believe how you feel on the inside reflects out into every aspect of your life. So if you're ready to go below skin deep to tap into a whole other level of wellness, you're in the right place. Let's pull back the curtain for some raw beauty talks.